Steel Curtain Network. What is up, Pittsburgh Steelers fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Preview. I am Jeff Hartman, and joining me as always is... The triumphant trio, Dave Schofield. What's up, Dave? Oh, not much, Jeff. Today was a gorgeous day. It was nice and cool. Uh, I was getting work done, so therefore right now I can barely move. So let's just sit and talk Steelers. Sounds good. Brian <laughs> Davis, what's up, Brian? Wow, I tell you what, it's so great to be here. You know, it was a gorgeous day. I even had some people graduate today with the baccalaureate and all of that. And I, I got to tell you, these not in my family, but you know, scouts of mine, and it's really great to see that. Wow, summer is here. Is that a USC jersey you're wearing? Yeah, this That's is gonna be Troy, right? No, it's, it's Juju, actually. Oh, it's, Juju. it's my number nine, but <laughs> oh, but, I thought you had a Troy. Don't you have a Troy? No, no, oh. but it's it's gonna be somebody next year, too. So it's gonna be someone else. <laughs> Is that Jordan Addison from last year? <laughs> I think he wore number three. It was it was Keon Slovis, actually, and then he went to Pitt. Addison went to USC. Slovis went to Pitt. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Every which way and sideways. All right. Well, the Steelers preview has something to preview, I guess, if you're talking about organized team activities. The Steelers are officially in phase three. That's where football-like things can happen uh, no 11 on 11. They can do as many individual skill drills as they want. They can do uh, football light drills, i.e. quarterback wide receiver drills. They can do, I think, seven on five on five, seven on seven, upwards to nine on nine. Uh, but I don't think they can do any 11 on 11. Dave, am I correct in thinking that? Uh, that's not what I've written before. I thought they could do 11 on 11. I thought that, that, was, uh, that they couldn't do that until – mandatory mini camp which was a specified what three days that maybe you know what i'll i'll, I'll get you on check. that right now i could be wrong i've been wrong plenty of times <laughs> but still the one thing that everyone says regardless of what they can and can't do in terms of nine on nine eleven on eleven blah 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 is it's just football and shorts like that's i i really that really gets under my skin based on the fact that for me someone that gets paid and enjoys talking about football is I will take football and shorts over nothing. So after mandatory minicamp, when the Steelers go on like a six-week hiatus, I would kill for football and shorts because at least it's something to talk about. It's better than talking about TJ Watt falling into a pool. So in that regard, I'd rather talk about football and shorts. But Brian Davis, what is your take on football and shorts? Well, it's the hors d'oeuvres before the banquet. You know, training camp is the salad. And then the meal is the regular season, but you got to have hors d'oeuvres to get ready because you've got to tidy over. But those hors d'oeuvres set up your palate for the entire meal and the entire thing. So that's exactly what the chefs, which are Mike Tomlin and company, they are serving this up. And then you have the Steelers who are our palate now. There are hors d'oeuvres right now in camp in shorts. Hey, that, that's not a bad analogy. You know, I get it. I get it. Dave, did you look up the answer? I did. And? Okay, so just so you know, phase two, which the Steelers have already con concluded, right. they can do perfect played drills where they can line up, but you can't line up offense on defense. It has to be offense across from offense or defense across from defense. Phase three, this is straight from Steelers.com, consists of uh, four weeks of the program. Teams may conduct a total of 10 days. Uh, no live contact is permitted, but seven on seven, nine on seven. Is that a typo? Nine on seven? No, it's not. Okay. I was just wondering. Um, and 11 on 11 drills are oh, permitted. Very good. Okay. So. so in those nine on sevens, you have some offensive linemen blocking Johnny Bier doing nothing. <laughs> so uh, there you go. So they can do 11 on 11. Very good. I, I learned something new today. That's fine. So Dave, I, if you, they listen to your Steeler stat geek, which could be heard anywhere where you get your podcast, it's an audio only podcast. You gave your take a little bit on football and shorts, but I'll let you do that here in this setting as well. Yeah. My, my, my take on football and shorts is you said it well, Jeff football and shorts is better than no football at all. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is. But to me, football and shorts is what you have to endure in order to get to football and pads. 
That's just the progression. So to me, I'm excited about football and shorts because they have to get through that phase in order to get to the football in pads. And there, it's not like you can deduce everything from football and shorts. You can't. But there are some things you, you can look at. You can't draw ultimate conclusions, but you can really see some intriguing things. Now, before we get into that, because that's what we're going to talk, it's going to be the main crux of today's show, is, is what we can glean, if anything, from these OTA workouts. Because a lot of people do want to draw some crazy conclusions and try to connect some dots. And I think that's a little hasty. But Cam Hayward had uh, an interview, and he just spoke with media. And he talked about how he, it, it, what is this, 13 years for him? Is this his 13th year in the league? See, because he yep. started in 2011, yes. Yeah, so is, he's a 13-year vet. I mean, most guys, their OTAs are sitting on a water cooler watching. I mean, he's <laughs> out there, and he said, there's still a ton of importance to this, but it has nothing to do with football. It has everything to do with the team. He talked about how, and I, this article is going to be on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com Friday. Yes, that website still exists. And it's a situation where he says these young guys, we have a lot of young guys. They need to learn what it is to be on this team. And Mike Tomlin, he said, Mike Tomlin tells them, find a veteran, attach yourself to that veteran and follow that veteran and do what that veteran does. That's what these OTAs really are beneficial for that. We never see this. We don't see that. Uh, a lot of people might say that's overrated. Brian, do you agree or disagree? No, nah, I don't think it's overrated at all. I mean, this this is crucial. You've got to have this. And I love the fact that they are there. They are bonding. They are become, They are learning the culture. In fact, if you had a chance to go ahead and listen to what Ian's talking about today, they had, help me out with the name. Was it Alfonso Graham? Alfonso or Alonso? Graham. Alfonso. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, I got it right. But so, it's with an F, not a PH. That, that's what I knew. Something yeah. was different. So, and, you know, he was saying, you know, Mike Tomlin is that guy. You know, the culture is the culture. The standard is the standard. And that's what they're finding out. And these guys are welcoming these guys in and they're finding out all about it. It's not the days of James Harrison in the tub sneering at you when you walk past. And that's a true story that I actually heard from uh, a buddy of mine that was talking to Jeremy Capano's when he was just signed back in 2010 oh gosh i haven't he said, heard that name in forever <laughs> jeremy capinos he, he said we, we were scared i mean you would walk walk past you just be in the tub and sneer at you and you'd be like okay i'm not going near that guy <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's, it's a whole lot different there's there's a culture they i mean cam's the guy that's welcoming everybody in and then you they learn and then they realize that they're a part of this group already they don't feel like outsiders it's not the hazing days of uh way back when yeah, I mean, Dave, the, the, the team building stuff is I, I know that you like the Rich Eisen show. Did you get to hear Mike Tomlin, any of his uh, clips from I think it was late last week or earlier this week when he was on there? I listened to some, but I did not hear the entire interview. No, I didn't either. But he shared some really good insights. Did you get to hear about what they do for like rookies and stuff like they they, they utilize this time wisely? I'm, I'm you know what? It sounds familiar, but I can't remember to recall it myself. He I know I heard about, that. Yeah, he talks about the they have like kind of crash courses on social media. Yeah, okay, yes, yes. And okay, he they had remember. Clinton Portis come in and, and Robert Golden came in as an undrafted player, and they had all these guys. They use this time for so much more than just the football and shorts that we all talk about. Uh, you buy into that as, as well, Dave? Yeah, I mean, if this time wasn't important, then the NFL wouldn't do it. And if it wasn't important, then the players who aren't required to be there wouldn't wouldn't bother to show up. Yes, some of the players weren't there for every day, you know, but but they're still trickling in. I don't know if there if there's any reports of anyone that's missed so far. I mean, there was only three days that they had this week. Um, if anyone's missed all of them, but pretty much everyone's there which shows you it's important to at least be there and be a part of the team and, and understand the team building for the new guys. It is really important to not just understand what the Pittsburgh Steelers are trying to do X's and O's wise, but also to understand what it is to be an NFL player and how those other things could distract from you being able to perform on the field, which is what it's ultimately about. 
It's something that I think that, you know, the article that I wrote and reading Cam's quotes really opened my eyes to what we don't really see, nor do we talk about when it comes to OTAs. But we there are some things that we can we can take away from organized team activities. Like Dave said, no, it's you're not speaking as if it's a definitive anything. This is just the first time they're out there. For a lot of times, these rookies and undrafted players, this is the first time they've ever stepped on an NFL field. So, Brian, give me something that for you, just personally you, what do you look for in these OTA reports, whether it's video, whether it's footage uh, or pictures? Is there anything that you're looking for from these reports to say, ah, that's what I wanted to see? You know, really, it's uh, the excitement from the uh, not only the rookies, but the third and four year guys, the guys that have been there a while now, uh, talking about it being a new day, enjoying the process. And I keep on talking about the culture, but it seems like a great place to be. And it seems like it's, it's a great club. So I also love the fact, and this was more in this was more in rookie minicamp that I noticed, but look how much time Carl Dunbar spent with Keanu Benton. And now it's just not Carl Dunbar spending time with Keanu Benton. Now it's Cam Hayward getting to spend time with these rookies and these other guys. And that we talked about the bonding and how important that is. And, you know, that that's huge, but just to hear everybody talk about it. And especially the, the one last thing I'm going to say is this happened last year with miles. Jack, you're hearing it now with guys that are coming in new this year that were on other teams talking about the culture again and talking about Mike Tomlin and how this is a different place. And you're starting to hear that kind of stuff. It makes you feel like this is the place to be. And when you're ranked 28th on a list of uh, you know, family friendly, friendly player friendly stuff. That seems like a whole bunch of bull when you hear how they talk about being in this environment. What about you, Dave? In terms of what do you and the, the the reports that come out, you see the video, you see everyone what the beat writers are talking about. Those that are on the ground in Pittsburgh. What do you look for? Is there anything at all that's not necessarily you know X's and O's related? Well, I'll grab the low-hanging fruit that we all say no, but we don't, don't even necessarily want to say. We don't want to hear about anyone having to leave the field. Correct. Because that's, that's it's happened a few places around the NFL. That's number one. You want to see them out there. You want to see them doing their thing. But you really don't want to hear of anyone you know, tweaking or doing anything of that nature. Other than that, um, I... Sometimes if you watch some of the drills, if you can see them, some of the best footage is in the background. And that's look at the other guys that might not be participating yet and how they're responding to someone doing something. You don't get that. You you might only get it out of maybe one out of every five clips. But I always think that's interesting to see how how they're being, how they're they're looking at when other guys are going through their drills. So I mean, sometimes you'll you'll catch an occasional picture that you know someone like a TJ Watt is off to the side showing someone how to do something, like, like the great video you saw with him and. Nick Herbig yeah. um, after he was drafted by the Steelers from back when he was at Wisconsin. Sorry, I had to, you know, I have to triple check to make sure I get the right name. Um, those kind of things, because sometimes you can see that kind of stuff. It's not like it's what's most front and center, but anything that you you can see that makes this team feel like this is a team. This is what these guys are doing to to, to build each other up. That's the kind of stuff I like to look at and see. For these workouts, for me, a lot of times I, I like to just see the transformation. You, know, you, you see it, you hear about a Dan Moore. Uh, if you listen to our Steel City Insider podcast with Jim Wexel, which runs every Wednesday at noon on our audio only side, go check that out. And he, he's in the locker room, he's interviewing these players. So we're not, this isn't us as fans regurgitating what they're saying. This is someone that's actually asking someone like Calvin Austin the third questions and so like i want to see calvin austin the third's foot you know how's he handling it i thought it was interesting that he told jim wexel he has not really gone 100 yet yet he looks really smooth and fluid um dan moore says he gained 
And they say, yeah, he gained weight, but he hasn't lost any muscle. He's gained muscle. He looks He's smaller, really... but weighs more, yes, according exactly. to Wexel. That's that's a good combination. He's packed on some muscle. Yeah, I mean, you've seen these transformations. Everyone's talking about Jalen Warren looking like, uh, who was the running back from uh, the Buccaneers? Was it Doug Martin? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was yeah. like a short yeah. little muscle, like they call him the muscle hamster, I think, or someone. Yeah, had a yeah, that was his nickname. Muscle. Yep. So it's like, yeah, that they, they said he's coming to camp, like these rookie, or no, I'm sorry, rookie, the, these organized team activities, and he looks like really jacked up. This was last year. Did at you this see time. The, the the definition in his legs? Oh yeah. I mean, oh, look man. what we were saying about Najee Harris last <laughs> yeah. year. This was when his yeah. weight became such a big story, and he's like, why mm-hmm. do you care so much about how much I weigh? <laughs> you know, I do, and I do like that. The, I do have to ask myself this. So let's look at like Dan Moore. So he's going into year three. How in the hell did it take you three years to figure this out? How did it take you three years to think, hmm, maybe I need to put on more muscle so that I don't get pushed around as much? I don't get that. I really don't. Um, as I, I've never been in a, I've never done a sport that is reliant on weights. I've never been a, a wrestler or anything like that. So I can't really speak to that. But from a, a guy who, has done his share of fitness work. I just don't understand how it takes an athlete, a professional athlete at that three years to kind of let it click, but whatever. Um, Good, Brian. Yeah, I know what it's like for my competitive eating days. (laughs) (laughs) Are there weight classes for that? (laughs) Actually, I was only about 160 pounds when I won the Mrs. Fields cook eating contest of 1995. How many did you eat? I had 24 in two minutes. How are those I'd like regular very size large cookies? guys? No, they were like minis. Okay, twenty four. Mm. Yeah, but I beat... drink milk. Yeah, you, you had milk there, and I I made the news. I I won like a twenty five dollar gift card for uh, Boscovs and a, a Pearl Jam CD, and I. Uh, but there were there were guys <laughs> Dave size there next to me. Which Pearl Jam album was it? <laughs> <laughs> Vitology, actually. Yeah, that's a good one. Now, I, I'm fascinated by this. We're going to take a little sidebar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can get into this here. Just, just did ahead, you Jeff. dip the cookies? No. Did you Joey Chet Joey Chestnut it by dipping the hot dog buns into the water and then eating them like he does with the hot dogs? Or no. I, what was your approach? I shoved as many. I chewed. Then I took a swig and I I shoved it down. And now. <laughs> That was that one. The one that you really want to know about was in Elkins, West Virginia, the 1996 Big Mac eating competition where I ate three and a half in five minutes. And like I said, I was only about 160 pounds then. But I lo- I took second place. And the reason I lost was the guy next to me had a reversal of fortune. And if you know anything about competitive eating, a reversal of fortune is throwing up so yeah. <laughs> so than the other way at that point i ha- oh yeah <laughs> you do that at a mcdonald's it's that's, it's a bad that's, thing that's, uh, that's 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 uh getting on the expressway isn't that what that would even grimace doesn't want to be your friend yeah. at that point. Uh, so you know so i just took the rest of the big mac out of my mouth and said i'm done but you know i was uh i almost had it i i almost had that competition but when you realize that the uh, the competition the uh, prize was winning a Big Mac a uh, a week for the next year. I didn't eat a Big Mac for a long, 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 long time. Wow, I have no competitive eating uh, experience. Dave, is that something you have on your resume? I have never lost a food challenge. Whether it's can you finish that or where you are eating for speed, I have I have I and. As a high school teacher for over 10 years, I was the one they would always sign up for at the pep rallies and everything when they would do food challenges. I remember, see, and sometimes you just got to be smart. Like, like Brian, you understand this. If you have to eat powdered donut holes, yeah. what's, the, what's the key to eating powdered donut holes quickly? You have to take the powdered donut holes, put it at the edge of your mouth, turn to the side, and blow as much of the powder off of it as you can Ah. because it sucks up all your saliva. I was doing it pretending like I was messing with the kids. I was blowing it it, 
uh, in the face of the kid next to me. This is pre-COVID, of course, um, um, with, with all that stuff. So, and, and like me and a, and a female teacher had to had to eat a dozen. Uh, it took us less than twenty seconds, less than thirty seconds, and I ate nine of the ten, or, or eleven of the twelve. Sorry. Um, and we won, but I've done some crazy. I've had students. Uh, my my record for eating a dozen glazed donuts is just under two minutes. Um, what kind of donuts? Are we talking crumpies? Are we talking? We're like talking donuts? crumpies, oh, fresh well, out yeah. the glaze. They, oh my they went straight from from the grate into the because I specifically oh. asked because they because I told them what we were doing. My students met me there and tied me. And dummy me, I had just gone out to dinner at Olive Garden. So I wasn't even hungry. And I still, you know, downed it um just very methodically gone. For those so, that don't know, we speak of Crumpy's Donuts. That is a local establishment. We all three live in the same town. We all know what that is. It's <laughs> the best donuts I've ever had in my life is what that is. Yeah. I, I got to ask you guys a question. I know it's the off season, so I got to ask this question. Okay. Is Joey Chestnut an athlete? Oh. So, well, be, here's the question. question. That's what people want to know. Is a NASCAR driver an athlete? Kind of think he is. You know? These that are, kind these of are, it kind of goes into the is is, is a chess a player an athlete? Well, it kind of comes into that debate of is yeah. something a sport? I always get that question yeah. from yes. you know people. Oh, is cheerleading a sport? I say is standing on the sideline moving pom poms. No, is competitive doing thirteen flips in the air and being caught? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, some and, say and that competing most, against others for awards. Some say yeah. a sport is only something that has a defense. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting cool. take. Here's here's one that I was told. A, it is only a sport if you are not if 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 your overall winning, losing, or ranking isn't determined by a judge. Hmm. I'm like, wow, that would mean in some cases boxing is not a sport. If you don't the, knock yeah, them out, yeah, then diving would not be a sport. Then diving, yeah, exactly. Oh, but I've had no, people make that argument. I'm not saying I make that argument, but well, I've heard that argument before. Dave, you are a shot putter, right? Yes. Okay, so. There's but no, that's measuring a distance. There's no that's de- measuring oh, okay. a distance, or right. I, I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't graded on my, on my artistic ability. <laughs> The form in which you threw the, yes. the form in which you put the shot. Yes. Um, yeah. Although I have, as a judge, I have um, fouled um, athletes because they did not properly throw it. Because if you technically, if you yes. drop it b- below or beyond your shoulder, um, it, it is not a legal throw. You know, I, I know this is in Steelers and I, I know we're going to get back <laughs> to it right now, but to take my catchphrase from bad language, we ain't apologizing. <laughs> yeah. enough. Well, see, because he, here's one Steelers freak wants to know. He says, "Why is poker on sports channels?" That's a good idea. Yeah. That's a good I, question. I haven't seen poker on TV in a while, actually. Oh, I, I, um, I still do. I, I was mesmerized by a. This was probably closer to midnight one summer night. I was mesmerized. I found a cornhole, professional cornhole on oh television. My gosh. I was like, that was awesome. I was, I, I've seen I was them glued. all. I was glued. Yeah. <laughs> we had a New Year's it. Eve party. And it was like a really bad bowl game. It was around six o'clock and everybody was in the other room. And I, I turned it on. I saw cornhole. I figured I would put it on just to make them laugh. And we changed the channel. We all got everybody wives, everybody going crazy for uh there's a brother and sister team. This was about three years ago. And we were just cheering the cornhole the whole way. It was great. <laughs> all right. Aquatic life. If that's a shot at golf, what you just said about golf is a trigger. Like I, you're talking to the wrong guy. I'm a huge golfer. So um, I, I, I was asked about how old far I threw the shot put. Should I answer that one? Yeah, go for it. The 12 pound shot put when I was in college, I threw it 50 feet and won a state championship. Um, in college, I threw the 16 pound shot um, 47 feet and it wasn't in competition because we just used it to work out, work out. I was more of a power lifter and I, and I threw the 20 pound shot put 44 feet. There you go. Yeah. Very nice. So, all right. Not, I got I was anywhere close to Olympic, but it was just fun to do in college. I got to answer this one. Great. One Oh three asked why baseball players can't wear shorts. Well, let me tell you this. <laughs> they tried it in 1977. The Chicago White Sox did. It was a complete disaster. <laughs> I mean, shoot, you, you're uh, sliding. You get strawberries all up your legs. Yeah. You imagine wearing shorts. Yep. Yeah. Mm. 
I mean, Dave's okay. telling Dave's telling stories about the goal, the the glory days. I could go back to eighth grade football. Tell us about the pick six, Jeff. It was a uh, oh, damp oh, night in Wheeling, West Virginia. <laughs> Pittsburgh Toddy's talking about long jump. There you go. Good there stuff. You go. There you go. Good stuff. All right. Hey, well, I'll tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're actually gonna talk about some news. Steelers potentially going overseas in the future. Mm-hmm. I also want to get these guys take, excuse me, take on a, a little Ben on Ken talk. I, I haven't heard what they think of that. So if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, don't go anywhere. We're not going anywhere. If you're listening on the audio side, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Steeler fans, welcome back. Hope you all were able to get through all of the talk about everything from food challenges to shot putting and everything in between. So, <laughs> and, and 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 a week can't go by without Jeff mentioning his his oh, yeah. uh, his his pick six. See, some people would say that like me shooting a sixty nine on a golf course is by like that's my low round ever is like my crowning achievement. No, it's my one interception that I had. In my last football season ever in eighth grade, I didn't play in high school because I golfed in high school. And that's all I, I love that. And we walk by that when we go back to my hometown. I still walk by my middle school and I say, look, guys, that's where it happened. Right over there. They carried me down around there. Yep, that happened. Brian, should, should I poke the bear? <laughs> should I poke the bear, Brian? You know why, Jeff? That's because why? unlike your brother and your father, you have yet to hit a hole in one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, I've literally wow. come within inches. This year I came within inches and my dad has two. My brother has one. And then you hear these stories about, Oh yeah, my wife, the first time she ever golfed, we went on a par three. She had a hole in one. I'm like, you know what? Screw you guys. Okay. Golf it's is going to taste so good when you get it though, Jeff Steelers freak. No, my wife did not see it live. She was, didn't know I existed. I didn't meet her till college. <laughs> Plenty of other girls did though. You know I mean? <laughs> Anyways, I'm just joking. <laughs> Heartthrob Hartman. Yeah, the heartbreak Jeff Heartthrob. kid. The heartbreak kid. I loved, <laughs> loved Bret Hart. He used to always walk around, the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Let's talk but, about this. But Bret Hart was not the heartbreak kid. No, that was, was uh, yes, yeah. that was Shawn Michaels. All right. Ireland. Yes. The Steelers Ooh. might be going to Ireland. This was so easy to draw up, you know? It was, it, it my gosh, Dan Rooney was the ambassador to Ireland. So when the NFL announces they're going to expand where they're going, I was like, well, Steelers going to Ireland. And then what do you hear? Steelers in Ireland, they're saying, what was the year that I heard that they might be playing over there? Did anyone hear that today? No, did they actually, say they I actually there? got a Twitter message from the gentleman that made our Steel Curtain Network logo that you see on your screen if you're watching on YouTube. He lives in Ireland, and he was at the actual like press conference, and he had a picture with Cordell Stewart and everything. He was really excited. He thinks they're going to have a game there. I think they're going to have a game there. I just hope it's not a Steelers home game. <laughs> That's all I hope for. <laughs> oh, I guarantee no. it's a, a Steelers home game. Well, I mean, it'll be a Steelers It'll be a – no, I mean, we'll, if the Steelers play, let's say, the Jacksonville Jaguars, is it going to be a Jags well, home game? Or is no, it they're English. No, I, there's a rule now that they've gone to 17 games that every team is eventually, through a, through a, a certain cycle, going to have to use a, a home game. Really? But it's always going to be when they have nine home games. I got. I, I have that, to look that, that up exactly what it was, but I I read that. I believe somewhere. you, but that sucks. Yeah, that sucks. But see, time. Jeff, here's the thing. Just real quick, did you see the whole flyer of all the of the NFL Global Markets program? I did not. That 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 said all oh, the steel the Steelers in in Ireland, they were on there three times. Three times they were on there. Ireland was not the only one. They're also listed under Mexico and under the UK. 
but Ireland is the one that's also drawing all the attention. The Steelers are huge in Mexico. Oh yeah. That, well, let's let's answer that, this that's question. Going to be, the, the, I think they're there in the next two years. That's well. Years. So where do they go first, Mexico? Yes. Yeah, because Mexico is easy. I think they go both, but where do yeah. they go first? Yeah, Mexico, because it's yeah. established. Exactly. Who, uh, the NFL doesn't have Ireland. I mean, it this ha- has happened years in advance when they finally scheduled that they're going to go there. And that's, I will say, Mexico for sure, with a little asterisk saying regular season. I mean, if they want to throw a preseason game in like they did before, that's something that they could do and maybe make happen sooner. I think but that was 1999. Yeah. Well, cause that's, yeah. Cause that's why Cordell Stewart was the, what well, was there. Cause he played in the, in the game that was a preseason game in Ireland. Yeah. Yes. 1997. I remember watching that game at Croke field. I wasn't there. I mean, watching it on TV, but it was played at Croke field. I think that's where they were today for the press yeah. conference mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. It's so cool stuff. They, let's get back to Mexico real quick. They would have played the last either this year or next year or uh, in Mexico, but that field's not ready. Yeah, there it's right. getting major renovations now. So that's why, like the Steelers might have lost one of their home games this year for it to be in Mexico, and like next year it's the NFC, it's the it's the NFC that's going to be hosting the the international games because they have the nine games. That's going to be really interesting because who who would who wants to go to Mexico? to play a team like the Steelers. Cause that's basically giving yourself another away game. Yeah. So well, yeah. who do they paired up with next year? NFC wise. Uh, do, do, do. I'd say Dallas. See. No, hold are on. They with the no. East next year. Are they with the East? I think they have the East. Yeah. Because they were, they played the Eagles last year as that extra game. And right. that's the, the, the conference two years. Removed, the so it's not there. So it, the it's gotta be the East. They, they play yeah. their every election. They play every four years. And then mm-hmm. just happens to be like yeah. an election yeah. year. I remember the Monday nighter when Jason Campbell was the quarterback yep. in Washington. And they, it was that whole crazy thing about whoever, if the Redskins win or lose, this candidate doesn't blah, 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 whatever. And it was the okay. night before the election. Yeah. I was there. Playing. You were at that game. I was at that game. Steelers played well that game. It was, it was like, was it, was that a weird one? So they scored like 22 points or something. It was like a weird point total. It was like, tw- like 22 to 13 or something like that. But yeah. We're going off the rails here, but yeah. this is a question I wanted to ask you all. And this is totally off topic of Ireland and Mexico. In his prime, when he has focused on football, can you say you saw someone do it better than Antonio Brown? Hmm. Someone... Not when he's going bat, you know no, what, no, crazy. I, I know like, what you're not saying. cringeworthy Antonio Brown. When he was in his prime and focused on football, have you seen anyone do it better? Because I can't think of anyone. It... Maybe Jerry Rice. I mean, I, I got to tell you, Antonio Brown was just so fantastic when he was focused. He was amazing. I just, And yeah. he was in the he's in this era, because if you want to go back and talk, you know, 70s or 80s, that was a completely different era. Of the NFL. Randy it's, Moss might yeah. be the only one. Randy Moss, like, Jerry Calvin, Rice, Calvin Johnson. Yeah, I watched Calvin Johnson score three touchdowns against the Steelers and it was the only touchdowns that they had. Um that was a great game. Um that was in 2013, correct? That's when yep. when they started 0 4. Yeah. Um and that that was my first Steelers game that I went to with my dad. And Bumble we were bees, right? Um, yes. Yep. That was the one that I still swear my dad will he will continue to swear on this as long as he can he can communicate. Um that when Antonio Brown scored his one touchdown, well, not, not, well, he scored more than one in that game. But when the one touchdown, he was coming right down the sidelines. We this is before I had my season tickets. We were right up from the sidelines. I was wearing my Bumblebee Antonio Brown jersey, and if you all know, I'm huge. I stand out in the crowd, and he went and pointed up in the stands like this, which was right in our direction. And my dad swears to this day. He was pointing at me because I was there going like this oh, I want to be the whole time. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so that was a fun game. Gosh, he was good. Will Allen had an interception to seal it <laughs> right after Renegade. And that's the game where uh, everybody got really scared because Le'Veon Bell 
did that hurdle one of those first hurdles i have a picture of that actually a signed picture of Le'Veon doing that but i'll, I'll tell you because we were right there where the where the lions were warming up megatron was he he was just an unreal physical specimen he, he was really something else it's huge. I remember watching him in Georgia Tech saying, oh my gosh, yeah. like how is a guy that big moving like that? I, I told you guys my Georgia Tech story, right? That it was it, it, it was one of Presley Harvin the third. No, it was one of my no. former students and one of the kids I, I, I coached in in football and was and I was the advisor of a club that that he was one of my officers. He was a walk-on at Georgia Tech and made the team. He was a safety. And in his very first practice. They, he was standing back watching and they just said, they just said, Barrett, you're in, you're in the slot. He said, where are we going? Said, just cover the slot. Just cover the slot. Guess who he's lined up against? <laughs> Calvin Johnson. Oh my goodness. He <laughs> drew his a first match. ever play, they pulled him out onto the field. <laughs> I'm sure that went well. Yeah. <laughs> did it, did it get thrown on? <laughs> it went as expected. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jeff, when, when you're talking Georgia Tech, I thought you were going to say the great Jonathan Dwyer. No. Oh. No. <laughs> no. No. See, this is what happens when we talk about football in shorts. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. I mean, we, we did. Yeah, we did. We is, gave no, it its What I'm diligence. saying is this just kind of goes to show. We can talk about football in shorts, but there's only so much of football in shorts that you can do. That's what you get to deal with this. We talked about team building. And what are we doing right now? We are team building with each other and with our live chat. That's true. Because I'm I'm catching up on everything they got going on here. Gosh, but Antonio Brown was so good. Yeah. Put him put him in the Hall of Honor. And I, people are going to say, how could you say that? He was that good, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I, if not, he right could away, go, not right if away. If he could go a year of dialing down the crazy, then I think they could put they they, they would put him in. He's gonna play for that indoor team. Oh, he is completely I, bonkers. The, I, and he didn't I, pay his players for like a couple weeks. It's weird. And yeah. th then he tried to say that he didn't even own the team. But you know what? I I'm worried about Antonio <laughs> Brown because I I really think there's something medically wrong. Oh no, there's something oh, medically yeah, I mean, wrong. There's... It's not that I I wonder if there's no, there's something medically wrong. Yeah. I yeah okay. Um. We could talk. We could go down that rabbit hole if we want. But I don't think we want to do that today. I do want to ask you all what you thought of Ben Roethlisberger's comments on Kenny Pickett. It's been talked about. I talked about it on Wednesday on my Let's Ride podcast. Again, you can only hear that on the audio side. So make sure you check that out wherever you get your podcasts, along with Dave Stat Geek, Brian's Bad Language, you and Here We Go the Steelers Show tomorrow Friday at noon. You will not hear those on our YouTube channel or anything like that. You got to go to the audio feed. But uh, uh, Dave, I'll throw it to you first. I, I don't think I really got your take from Ben Roethlisberger's comments and what you thought. So go ahead. Ben Roethlisberger's comments and what I thought. Now, did I you will watch say the podcast. I did not watch the entire podcast. Okay. I did not. But I had a very trusted source of one Jefferson Bartholomew Hartman <laughs> <laughs> of, of, of really helping to, to bring it into perspective, which I, I think you did a fantastic job on your let's ride. If you didn't check that out, make sure you go back and check that out. And I would say, check out Mondays with Jeff's big insider information. But yeah. then all of a sudden that stuff starts coming out. Dove Kleiman um, claims it first. No, I yeah. said it first. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, <laughs> Anyway, back 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 to to Ben Roethlisberger. The biggest problem with Ben Roethlisberger's radio show was he was too honest. He, he was he was brutally honest. It's it's what he was. He would throw people under the bus because he was just being honest and he just might be that guy that doesn't have that kind of filter or really doesn't understand of what he's saying and what it all how it can ultimately be taken. There are just people that are like that. But my goodness, Jeff, you hit the nail on the head when you're like, he's saying that with Kenny Pickett sitting right there. And he was telling him, honest, telling him honestly how he felt. Jeff, when you stepped away from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, yes, that website still, still exists for a couple months, <laughs> did you really want to see me come in and knock it out the park? Like it didn't matter that Jeff was even there. Did you really want to see with the podcast while you were away and everything? You know, just sometimes that's just how you go. Well, you great example about you when you were coaching. 
I, I was the same way. Whenever I went on from coaching high school track and field and went to the college level, that the person that came in, I'm like, that'll be interesting to see what they were doing. But eventually it was like, yeah, I might need to help them out a little bit if they, if they need some guidance, but that's just kind of how we are with human nature and Ben Roethlisberger, you know, he's mad enough to admit it right there to Kenny Pickett. And the whole reason he could is because he doesn't feel that way anymore. Yeah. Brian, what was your take on it? You know what? I, it made me think about, and I listened to this live when they drafted Mason Rudolph and Ben had that whole diatribe on uh, the fan. And I was listening to it live and I remember calling Jeff right away and saying, I got to write an article on it because I'm listening to it live. And I even recorded it on my phone in my, <laughs> on, off the radio to try to get all the information. We, we did get the article out first. Uh, you know, Ben has, Ben has some petty times, but we all have petty times. We're all like that. And, you know, Dave brought it up. Um, Jeff didn't answer the question. I actually, I actually disagree with Dave. I think Jeff was rooting for us. Um, but <laughs> there's a part of you that doesn't want to, uh, doesn't want to feel like what you did now that you're gone, that they're better off. Yeah. That's that what gone. I meant. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that's the thing. Now I was listening to the Pat McAfee show the other day and I'm a big fan of McAfee. Uh, some people can't stand him. He makes me laugh, but he's, he talked about Michael Irvin who would come out and say, Hey, I was hoping the Cowboys would lose. So they really missed me. Was like, I was actually rooting against them because I wanted to feel like they couldn't live without me. That was his exact words. So, you know, I, I kind of get all of that and I understand it, but at the end of the day, you decide that, Hey, this is my team and I love them. You know, and, and I want them to succeed. You know, I mean, it's then you realize what kind of good teammate you are when when you're able to go ahead and still root for them. I mean, I had a situation with my trivia team where they uh, and I know this might sound crazy, but we were in the World Series and we placed second in the World Series a couple of years ago. And I was invited to be on the team, but somebody close to me wasn't invited to be on the team because they wanted to bring in ringers. And at first I was secretly hoping they would lose. But then after a while, I was, I was like, no, I've, I've gone through the ringer with these guys for so many, seven, eight years, these guys and girls. And you know what? I really hope they win. So, I mean, it, but right away I was like, you know, I was kind of a little hurt. So I was like, you know, I hope they lose without me though that'll show them. And then I was like, no, I care for these people. It was a decision that I didn't agree with, but I care for these people. You know, when I think about it now, so I gave my take on Wednesday and, and Dave alluded to that. The one piece of this that I don't think anyone's talking about that we're missing and that we should talk about is what Ben said before he said what he said to Kenny Pickett. And he didn't come out and say it bluntly. But he did say, I felt like I still had it. And that reeks of the Steelers told Ben, hey, we don't want you back. Like, we're ready to move on. I guarantee that there was a conversation that happened where Ben was still hemming and hawing maybe about playing. And the Steelers said, just like they did with Heinz Ward, just like they did with Troy Palomalu, we appreciate everything you've done, but I I think it's time. And then he retires and, but he still thinks that he has it. And then when it, when he realizes that that's not him anymore, he comes around to Kenny and he starts to be a fan. Maybe we're not talking about it in that perspective because he felt that he still had it. And he said that that's, that's different. That's the one difference between when I left BTSC (laughs) is that I was still doing it, but I was going somewhere else. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't saying like, Oh, you know, the, I'm done. I'm yeah. not going to do anything anymore. And you guys are just going to still go without me. A little different. Brian, go ahead. You know, I think a great correlation, if I can go ahead and put this, and this isn't uh, BJ Finney and, and a defensive player like you guys are going to rip <laughs> on me on. But think about this. This You could correlate this to feel better about this. Go back to the whole San Francisco 49ers news that we got about a month or six weeks ago that Ben was almost a 49er and decided not to go. So if, if you think about that, there was a lot of people when they heard that, they kind of felt like it was, uh, 
it was wrong that Ben was even thinking of going another place. But why not? If he's being asked, you at least you pick up the phone on everything and you think about it. So the guy still has human emotions and, and feelings. And look, I mean, I didn't think it was a good look when he said it, but he also did the preface. You know, I'm probably going to take a lot of heat for this. But, you know, when you when you think about the fact that, you know, he was flirting with the 49ers, but the 49ers called him, you, you can't really... Uh, you can't blame him for picking up the phone on it and wanting to feel wanted. And I think that's the thing. He felt wanted because he was really not feeling wanted by the Steelers at the time. But then he realized, just like the Kenny Pickett thing, he realized that how much he loves the Steelers and how much he's happy for Kenny Pickett. Now, how he didn't want to go to another team, another uniform. Now, how he's happy for Kenny Pickett and he's in full support. So some of these times, you know, when we retire from something or we immediately stop doing it. You think about it all the time. You you think about the stuff that you're missing. I mean, I remember going back to high school a little bit and like helping out, just trying to be be around around stuff. You know, my first year because I kind of missed it. Speaking of the 49ers, you bring up Ben, mm-hmm. and when that news broke, uh, that story was made known. I had Rob Stats Carrera, who covers the 49ers for Fans for Sports Network on my podcast. Did you all know the whole story? I don't remember this story. I don't know how I don't. But did he you did. be traded? That he was that the trade was done. Oh, yeah. Did you, Singletary. I don't, did Singletary shot it down? Yep. I don't remember it being that specific. I remember that it, trades were in the works. I don't remember hearing like the 49ers in specific and that Singletary was the one that said no. I don't want that guy part of my team. Like, do you all remember that? The, it wasn't public knowledge at the time, but that came out later. It wasn't, I mean, we didn't know because I remember following it. There was a lot of rumors about the uh, St. Louis Rams at the time because they were going to have the number one pick with Sam Bradford or they had the number one pick in 2010 and they selected Sam Bradford. Then they were thinking about trading for Ben because that whole thing happened. But it wasn't out. This was stuff just like the 49ers, uh, the, the 49er and Ben news that just came out. It, it came out in the wash later. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, let's get the super chat here before we get to the trivia aspect. And that is from our uh, former Marky D still a good friend of the show. He's been on yep. uh, Dave's week. That was podcast gives us five dingo dollars. Love this analogy. He said football and shorts is like going on a date with a blind woman. She doesn't know you're there, but it still counts. Oh, she knows you're there. <laughs> she doesn't know how ugly you are. That's why <laughs> That's why when I was in radio, I got a lot I had a lot of dates because they didn't know what I looked like. Because you had the you had the perfect face for radio, right? Yep, I had the face for radio and the voice for it too. <laughs> All right. I know Brian doesn't have trivia. Dave, you do. Let's go. Oh, yeah. This is this is this is actually a little bit of an activity. All right. Uh, I spent a little bit of time on this, making sure I was checking everything. Here's what's going to happen. I We love going back and watching our old Steelers highlights, don't we? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. That, that's, that's what we do. This is what I have for you. In, I, I, I have seven of these, seven different lines, and it's from an iconic Steelers play something that we have all seen and or heard multiple times. I'll tell you that. And this is the announcers, what they either said during the play or immediately after the play. I'm going to start with the easy ones, move to the more difficult. Okay, I can give you the line. You got to tell me what the Steelers are. Are you saying which announcer? Is it Bill Hillgrove? My thing is, if you want me to say who said it, I will. But – so I'll tell what it is, and then if you say, oh, that, that could be your hint if you choose to take Got it. it. Okay? okay? So here we go. Let's start with the first one. Now, I, I did do any of them. That, I did parts that didn't contain any names, but there might be some stuff that by what they say you could tell what's going on. So you so ready? Here we go. This was the quote. Waiting for the official to get there. Touchdown is the signal. Waiting for the official to get there. Touchdown is the signal. Is that James Harrison's interception in Super Bowl 43 at the end of the half? That would be James Harrison's interception in Super Bowl 43 at the end of the half. And that was said by Al Michaels. Yeah. Okay. So 
So that's that one. So I thought that one was pretty easy. Maybe it wasn't. Um, I had to piece it together. I don't remember that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So here's one that, that based on what's said, you might be able to figure it out. Sooner or later, they're going to run a gadget. I, I'm I'm probably thinking that is Al Michaels too, and that's uh, Super Bowl Forty. And the play was, and the play was uh, Heinz Ward, Antoine Randall L. That is correct. That was once again Al Michaels. That was Super Bowl Forty, and that was Antoine Randall L. To Heinz Ward. Oh, I thought you were going to do another one from that same play. Well, hold that. Well, that was that was because I didn't want to say okay. some of them had the names in there and stuff, or the distances and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I was trying trying to avoid those. Okay. And I didn't go for like several minutes beyond this had to be said within 10 seconds of the play. Okay. Um, all right. So here's the next one. Hopefully you know this one. I don't even know where he came from. That's uh is that Troy Palomalu's fingertip interception against the then San Diego chargers in the snow? That is a good guess, but that is incorrect. Uh, I bet it's a Actually, Troy play. Not even, it's not even close. Is it a Troy play? No. Uh, I mean, oh. is it the Immaculate Reception? I say, take the hint. It was Jack Fleming. That was the Immaculate Reception. Okay. Yeah. So, so that was yes. That that after that's like I don't even know where he came from. Is what they said after after he, Franco gets into the end zone. All right. So those those were the easiest ones. This one, gosh, this one is very close to the last one. I'll be honest with you. Bill Hillgrove said all the rest of these. I'll just tell you that right now. This one. I don't know how he did it. Oh, I know this. I don't know how he did it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Is it the San Antonio Holmes catch? That is the San Antonio Holmes catch. That is correct there, Jefferson. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> Super Bowl so, 43. I think. Exactly. You don't have to say. All you have to do is say the San Antonio Holmes catch. Bend to 10. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, this, okay. This is one I'm hoping you just remember cause you've watched it enough and you just remember him saying this and this place is on fire. Oh, I thought you were going to go with, and this place is a Steeler maniac Haven, which would be Ford field, Super Bowl 40. That's that's Bill Hillgrove. That right? was the very next question, which was this place is a Steelers maniac Haven. And that's, and that was on what you said, Super Bowl 40, what play uh, the same was, Randall L play. No, was a Willie Willie Parker. Parker. It was a Willie Parker, a Willie Parker play. Okay. That's, that's I had a can part. opener. I had a can opener. That I did too. <laughs> you know, yeah. yep. this so this place is, is a Steelers, Steelers maniac. maniac yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I had two of those from Bed Bath and Beyond, and they both died. <laughs> All right. So, like so the, back the other one. And this place is on fire. This place is on fire. Uh, so think about it. If this place is on fire, where was the game probably at? This place is on fire. <laughs> That's not it. Um, <laughs> oh, I know this. I mean, Which means it was a home game. Was this Troy's interception against the Baltimore Ravens? This was Troy's interception yeah, against the Baltimore that Ravens. That sounds right. The pick six. My okay. cousin was at that game in the upper deck. He said he could feel the entire stadium shaking. Mm-hmm. As which would be frightening, kind of. <laughs> All right, I experienced that at a Penguin celebration at Three Rivers in '92. What what where it was shake where it was shaking? Yeah, they, uh, we were in like the third base side, and everybody mm-hmm. was. I mean, that place was. I mean, you were just is bouncing that, up. Is that down. when Trotz went dived dove across yeah. his raining? He drove dove across yeah. the. Yeah, <laughs> the, the parade got canceled because we had to go in the stadium. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of frightening. It was it was kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. All right, I got one more. This is this is a, a line I've actually I actually said scream this once today. This is what I say all the time when I get upset. But so this one might be a little bit. This one's this was supposed to be the most difficult one of them all. You gotta be kidding me! Is it Jesse James? Against the Patriots? Mm, that is not Jesse James against the Patriots. This was still a this was still a good play, a positive play. Oh, not. Yeah, you gotta be kidding me! <laughs> you, you 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 quoted it perfectly with the same inflection. You gotta be kidding yeah. me! Uh, I don't have it. I, uh, is it a home game? It is a home game, and it's it's Billy, right? And it's Bill Hillgrove. 
I'll give you uh, a hint. Let, let's go but, with but, the Colts. Let's go with the Colts and uh, the Colts and Steelers in uh, the AFC Championship game in '96. Oh, that's a good one. That's not what this. He might have said it then, but that's but that's not where I pulled this one from. I don't know how often he says you got to be kidding me. I'll, I'll here's another hint. It was not a postseason game. And I can give you one more hint if you guys need it. Yeah, we'll take one. Yeah. Your last hint is we already discussed this player this evening. Say Antonio Brown sideline catch with against a helmet against the Ravens in the, the playoffs. You've got the right player and the right opponent, but not the right play. Oh, the, the immaculate, immaculate extension. extension. That's the immaculate <laughs> extension. <laughs> Thanks, Christmas Jeff. Buys me a Coke. Yeah. <laughs> Although I would love to know, because a you know, well no, it was Green Bay. I would love to know what the call was. I think it was Joe Buck, Mike Wallace, Green Bay in Pittsburgh. Times out. He hits him in the corner of the end zone. I I think it was Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Yeah, that I remember. See, I was trying to get. I did the Michaels one for two of them. I was trying to get the radio ones. Is what I was actually trying to find. I like the Bill Hillgrove calls or Tunchokin. Well, Bill Hillgrove's calls are great, but yeah. he's also really tough to listen to anymore. He gets a lot of calls wrong. If you're listening to a full game, I remember one time my brother was driving. It was the Atlanta game. I think it was week one. Troy Palomalu picked off Matt Ryan on the sideline yep. and then Mendenhall Men- sealed the yards. game. Yeah. And my brother's listening to it and he said, Oh my gosh, they what the hell happened on that play? I was like, Mendenhall ran it in. It was a touchdown. It was a game over. He said, Bill Hillgrove said he fumbled it and picked it up and kept running. I'm like, no, <laughs> he's totally butchered the call. Billy's getting up there. But anyways, that was good. I like that. Uh, he like would, that he though. called a game on his 80th birthday this past season. Yeah. After the escapades oh, yeah. from a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. still in the video. <laughs> uh, I, can, I can tell you some of those escapades, but not on the show. <laughs> I know well, firsthand. He picked up his first hand. He picked yeah. up his oh. he picked up his prescription in the drive-thru. There was no drive-thru. We'll put it that way. <laughs> Let's just put it this way. Pitt used to have training camp at UPJ where I went to college. Uh, and Bill okay. would go down there and stay. Gotcha. Hey, I, I met him at, at, at a fan blitz one time, and he was blitz. this was when my <laughs> <laughs> no, it was this was 2017. I know because we had just missed where they interviewed TJ Watt. We missed about like three minutes. Um, and the, the rain poured. My kids were supposed to be uh, getting instructions on the field from Stefan to it. They had to cancel it. Um, and and it, and so we went up. It was for season ticket holders, and we had just missed TJ Watt. So I sat there. Uh, the, the, the boys were embarrassed. So I took my daughter and my niece, and we went up to get a signed picture from Bill Hillgrove and Craig Wolfley, and they were the nicest guys. Yeah. Just sat there and talked to the girl, talk, talked to the girls for five or 10 minutes. A wolf is amazing with kids. Yeah. All right. Let's do some final <laughs> thoughts. Brian, go ahead. You know what? I don't even know what I had final thoughts prepared and we completely <laughs> went off the rails, but <laughs> that's what my final thoughts were going to be. You know, when you go ahead and prepare for a show and we want to go ahead and give good content, but A lot of time when I'm listening to something and if the hosts are having a good time, I feel like I'm a part of the conversation. I hope you all felt like you were a part of the conversation tonight because that's something that we want to foster here. We all talk about being one big Steel Curtain Network family, and I feel like we are. It's so great to have you guys in here knowing about us, knowing about who we are and all of our stories and people could talk about Jeff's pick six. People know about Dave's um, kick heard around the world. People know about all the stupid. <laughs> you ruined, you I... ruined my closing thoughts. You ruined my closing thoughts. How in the world would have I known that? How in the blue hell would have I known that? You guys should have known I was going to talk about it earlier, but you kept going back to Brian and never asked me. So I'm like, I'll just bring it up my closing thoughts. <laughs> Go ahead, Brian. Sorry. Go ahead. 
<laughs> but you know, but it, it's so and all the stupid stuff that i've done that you guys all know about you know it's it's so great to be able to share this and thank you for being a part of the family we're always going to give you the best pittsburgh steelers information and i feel like we did tonight but it's all also great to talk about some fun stuff too because that's what families do that's what friends at bars do and i'm glad to be hanging out with you maybe someday i could uh drink a coke zero with all of you <laughs> dave final all right thoughts. so i'll go ahead and do it anyway said you know we were talking earlier i didn't get a chance to say something you know one benjamin todd roffelsberger he's he's he said what he said about kenny pickett i appreciate the honesty but he said he felt like he still had it and like jeff said there's times in your life that you still think you've got it when you clearly don't and sometimes you just need to realize that or else you end up in the middle of a field trying to kick a 40-yard field goal. <laughs> you hit it, though, when the camera was when off. When the cameras are off. And you, gave me, and you gave me another five yards closer. <laughs> That's true, too. I forgot about that. I couldn't hit a 35-yarder. No. You were wearing your uh, Mike Mitchell jersey. Brian was. Brian was wearing his Mike Mitchell and his Finney pants. I was in the, I was in the Bumblebee. Yeah. You, guys. I'm uh I'm gonna let that go because it was a Joe Hayden jersey. And you know, <laughs> if there's one player I do not love, I'm not gonna say I don't like him. One that I do not love, it's always been Mike Mitchell. There you go. All but right, if he wants good. to come on the show, I'll interview him. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> We're best buddies. Yeah, well, welcome you on the show. Uh, so good show. This was kind of a throwback for those that yes. have been listening to the Steelers preview for a long time, where we just kind of go off on tangents. That's probably gonna happen more often than not in the off season. So. Make sure you listen next Thursday. In the meantime, Dave, why don't you send us out? Hey. See you next week. Everybody else gets a little tight.